You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. I'm Jess Biondo. I'm Tia McNally. And I'm Michaela Hooper. And today on the podcast, we have Jason Clark. And a little bit behind the scenes, he was the first interview that I got to be a part of. Tia and I interviewed him. And about two minutes in, I just had this feeling of, <laughs> God, we're really doing this? <laughs> like, actually speaking to God. Right. Um, and I, w- I was blown away yeah. by his story and just hearing him speak and the things that he's a part of mm-hmm. and his heart for the love of the Father. It was a moment of just complete thankfulness yeah. that God's allowing us to do this yes. and share this with our listeners. Absolutely. We are so thrilled that we had the opportunity to have Jason on the podcast because he Um, is involved in so many different types of work. He's an author. He's written five books. His most recent one is um, God is Not in Control. Mm -hmm. I love sometimes how provocative Jason can be with his statements. Like I remember in a recent Mm -hmm. sermon, he preaches at our church sometimes. um, He said, you are not a sinner. And it was a really difficult statement for some people to accept and remember like, yeah, I'm redeemed. Yes. I'm redeemed. My identity is not as a, as a sinner. And and so I love that about mm-hmm. Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a ministry called A Family Story. You can find Jason online at, uh, at A Family Story. And you can find him at Jason Clark Is. Um, but yeah, with, without further ado, here is our interview with Jason Clark. Welcome, Jason, to The Collected Podcast. Thanks. Good to be here. So Jason, the first time we met... I remember that uh, I left with a few of your books in my hand. Right. I think it was Untamed and uh, Prone to Love. Yeah. And since then, you've released another book called God is Not in Control. Could you tell us a little bit about the heart behind that and the main message there? Yeah. First, you were able to say the title without without wincing or cringing, <laughs> which is... Uh... I practiced a few times. <laughs> I, uh, it's, uh, yeah, God is not in control, and the knots in brackets. Um, yeah, I wrote that book. Um, really, it was an overflow from the book before that called Prone to Love, uh, where I go into the revelation of our Father's love for us. Mm. And, uh, and in that book, I started to talk about um, the nature of our Heavenly Father and that He's not a controlling God, and uh, it piqued a whole lot of interest mm. from folks. And the, the heart behind the message is that, you know, you've heard me say this to you, but I have only one message. God is love. His yeah. love is always good. And we exist to grow sure. And he looks like Jesus. And Jesus came to show us the Father. So um, the reason I wrote God is not in control is really simple, is that I'm going after the perfection of his love for us. Mm-hmm. And the idea of control, I, for the first thing that everybody's scared about is that I'm suggesting he's not sovereign. And uh, I actually believe he's absolutely sovereign. I just sure. think control is the most, it's a, it's a scary word. It's actually not the most accurate word to de- define his sovereignty. I believe love is the, is the best word by which to know his sovereignty. It's so good. And uh, basically the idea is this. Um, you can't have intimacy with someone you can't trust. Mm-hmm. And if he isn't always good, then he can't always be trusted. Mm. And the idea of control, when you, when you talk about God, it's wonderful to describe 
just to believe that God's in control when there's a gentle rain and we have crops. Uh, it's beautiful. But when the rain turns into a flood and you're, you lose your crops and maybe you even lose a life, suddenly God in control is going to compromise your understanding of goodness. And uh, therefore, you're going to have a compromised trust, and therefore, you don't no longer have access to intimacy. I think one of the greatest issues right now in the in the Western uh, church is we know the names of God, but we don't know how to actually encounter him. We don't know how to ac- access intimacy. I know this is a long-winded answer. It's a scary. No, it's, it's good. A, it's yeah. a scary, Keep it coming. Scary title, though. So the reason I wrote that, the fruit of that book is intimacy for me. It's look, he is really good. He is love. He and the sovereignty of God is love. It looks like Jesus. Jesus never operated in control. He never controlled anyone. Mm-hmm. He actually empowered us to control ourselves. Uh, so I do believe that God uh, is about control, but it's about self-control, which is the evidence of the Holy Spirit within us. What a message! Anyway. That is so good. Oh, that's powerful. Love it. So you and your family have a ministry called A Family Story. Yeah. How did that begin? Where are the roots yeah. for A Family Story? Tell right. us about that. All right. Family Story is really simply this. Uh, if it isn't family, it isn't kingdom. Mm-hmm. Probably the, the, the greatest passion, maybe some of the best teaching that we've heard in the last 10 years is that uh, Jesus came to establish the kingdom on earth as mm-hmm. it is in heaven, right? Bill Johnson's one of my heroes, and he teaches yes. on the kingdom often. And, uh, and so... Uh, for me, the big revelation was really simply this. Jesus came to show us the Father and what it looks like for a son or for a child to, look, to live sure in his Father's affection. And, uh, and it looked like family. Mm-hmm. He came to, 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 to reveal to us that our connection was about intimacy. It was about relationship, and it looks like family. And so for me, if it isn't, if it isn't family, if what we're doing, if what the church is doing isn't family, it actually isn't kingdom. It actually is, is something other than, uh, than the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He came to show us uh, what, the dad, what, what our dad looked like and what it, look, what it looked like to live sure in his affection, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, a family story is really this. Uh, first and foremost, we call it a family story because uh, the kingdom looks like family. And, and on our calling is to establish his kingdom or his family on earth as it is in heaven, right? And then the second thing about our ministry called a family story is, is uh, for me, I'm a creative. Um, I'm surrounded by a family of creatives in my, my immediate family. And then also, um, you know, I'm connected to a lot of creatives. You know, I was a singer-songwriter and, and I do a lot of writing and mm-hmm. we're involved in film. And so one of my passions is that um, the revelation of our Heavenly Father um, would be available to creatives. And so a family story, the second aspect of it is at some point I'm, I'm dreaming that we would create content catalytic for an encounter with our Father. And uh, be a place for creatives to gather and, and uh, pull yeah. together to re to reveal our dad, our heavenly father. Because, sorry, I'm, I'm talking a lot now, but I finally figured out what I want to tell you. Great, yeah. tell yeah. us. You, you know how much he loves you? Yes. <laughs> You're his favorite? Yes. Right, because here's the thing. To the extent that we know who our dad is, is to the extent that we know who we are. Mm. And uh, and I, th- I feel like, uh, for the most part, we've lived on a planet that is operating, honestly, in the context of an orphan type relationship with God. And if you don't know your Heavenly Father, if you don't know how good He is, if you don't know how perfect He is, if you don't know how great His love is for you, then you can't live confident in who you are as an expression of His kingdom, as an expression of His family. And so it's it's the, the sweet thing about this message is to the extent that we know who He is, is to the extent that we can live empowered as sons and daughters and who we are. Yeah. And, and that's, of course, where we're, where we're ultimately wanting to get to. That's why we're on the planet, to, to know His love, to grow sure in the perfection of His love, and then to live as that expression, confident daily as an expression of So beautifully of his put. And for our listeners, what are some 
ways that you practically stay rooted in that truth? Well, um, I think can you hear that rain. Oh, yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah. The That's rain awesome. is incredible. Yeah, we got it. It's coming. Yeah. For me, um, really, it's about knowing who he is, right? Mm. It's about knowing our Heavenly Father. I, I think I've said already, but the message that burns in me is that God is love. His love is always good. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, and I exist to grow sure. And that always good part is the part where, where you get to uh, practice faith. Yeah. Because life and circumstances, uh, highs and lows, disappointments, none of those things get to determine mm-hmm. uh, that place in, in, in my heart regarding my Heavenly Father. And uh, so for me, um, I think the greatest growth i think you know there's two things first i've 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 always endeavored to give him my best yes yeah yeah regardless That's of my good. understanding just give him my best yes it's a huge right? part of the formation of collected yes. is that we all gave our yes before we had an understanding of what god was right. asking us to do yeah. yeah and so yeah so yeah. do you ha- do you feel like in that practice of giving him your best yes that you can think of a of an occasion where where you gave a yes, a bold yes, not fully understanding what you were getting into. <laughs> Almost every time. <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. <laughs> uh, well, and that's just the second the second piece is that yeah. you give him your best yes, and then you'll find yourself, you know, uh, you know, often faith is this. Uh, we we often describe faith as like jumping, like you know, like you're going to jump, mm-hmm. or it's this leap of faith, and it really isn't. It isn't about the leap. It's yeah. about what's on your back so for instance if you jump out of an airplane we'd call that a leap of faith but the faith wasn't in the jump the faith was in the parachute that you had on your back oh, right good. yeah and so and so the second part you give them your best yes and that gets you out of an airplane mm-hmm. and then it really really matters what you believe about god mm-hmm. because when you're when you're when you've jumped and you've said yes to him that's when you get to discover who he really is and so for me the greatest shift the greatest uh you know, if you want to talk about exponential transformation in my life, is when I followed him into some place and then said, no matter what happens, no matter high or low, no matter disappointment or whatever, I will not be moved from the perfection of mm. your love. It's why I say I only have one message: God is love. His love is always good, and I'm not going to do mental gymnastics to define his goodness. Mm. I'm not going to try and try and somehow maneuver. You know, some people will say, "Well, what, what does good mean?" I'm like, "It's good. It just means good." When he created us, he said, "It's good." He said it's very good and he wasn't he wasn't playing games with good and so for me that's where the the greatest shift uh the most exponential growth has come you said how do i how do i like practically you just keep that in yeah so i was in a tough season and this was one of the things this was where i was realizing this and i would get out of bed and in that season i'd had a company and we were losing the company and so i was the phone would there was bill collectors and lawyers it was just you know you're you're in a tough season i followed got in to that season and here we are and i before i'd get out of bed i'd say god father show me who you are today that's good Mm. and then and then before i'd move again i say and show me how you see me and then before i'd get out of bed i would settle in my heart he was good and then I would settle in my heart that I was the fulfillment of his, of his yes, of Jesus's yes, that I was good. I was in right standing with him. I was his righteousness. I was an overcomer. And I would get out of bed in the, in the, in the intimacy of, of connection with him, if you will. That's incredible. And, that, yeah. and that's, you know, that's where you're going to get growth, right? Yeah. Like you only get peace that surpasses understanding when you're in a situation that's beyond your capacity to understand. Right. And, and that's probably uh, where I've grown the most. That's so good. Yeah. Where, wh- when have you had a specific experience where you felt like you had to put the most trust 
in the parachute on your back? Yeah. Like, what's the <laughs> riskiest yes gonna, you've ever given God? You guys hear this? I'm going to push down this coffee right here. We have. That's all right. You know what? We have a beautiful French press here yeah. that our uh, producer, Mickey Howard, made for us. And, and I just saw it there and thought, it's, it's you, did the you did the right thing, sir. It's time. You did the right thing. We had, um, when I was, uh, um, probably the season that I just shared with you, um, you know, we've had a couple jumps. Um, my my greatest passion is intimacy, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I think everything flows from there. And so we've had a couple of seasons. Uh, my wife and I together. I learned very early on, on not to jump without her. Right. That's, that's <laughs> good no, call. That's no fun. Good call. Uh, but uh, it's incredible when you jump together. And, totally. Uh, um, when we first moved to this area, we've been here 14 years. We came here to be part of a missions organization, and uh, anyway, it's it's a long story. But the, really, the short of it is uh, that God. You know, when you when you jump, you want to hear that he's invited you to do it. Sure. Because I've had a lot of good ideas, but you really want a God idea, and so that was one of the things I've learned. And so when we jumped, it was a yes. It was a yes to him. Yeah. Um, and then and found ourselves in this area without any financial uh, support, part of a missions organization. And the, the short version is that God said, "Stay the course, trust me." And then over the course of that year, we. Um, you know, at one point I was down to one pair of jeans and mm. we were vacuuming with a shop vac, you know. Nice. I remember like, God, you see this? Like, I'm following you. <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't seem right. And, uh, and he said, uh, when he, when I went, just before I jumped, I had a real sweet God encounter. We said and he wouldn't be a day late or a day early yeah. and to stay the course. And, of course, I thought his timing was off often. But the short, of, the short is about a year and we found ourselves on a Friday night Um uh, facing uh, the the Monday where they turn the power off, a Tuesday where they would turn off the uh, water, and, thir- and and then a Thursday where the electric or the uh, gas would go off, mm. and uh, and I was in such a spot where I was like, God, I I I don't want any more good ideas. I just want your presence. I j- I'll, I'll and I went to the grocery store to um, buy ketchup for something we were mm. going to eat. I don't know what it was we were going to have. I, people ask, what were you eating? I'm like, whatever it was, it needed ketchup. I like my condiments. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but we didn't. I was praying there was enough money on the card to get ketchup. So that's the situation we were in. We had one car, uh, one vehicle that we were trying to sell that had brought it down to about eight grand. And that was a really good deal. I'd gotten a couple calls and then hadn't gotten any calls for a month. And I'm walking down the grocery room, grocery aisle and I'm asking God, uh, I just want, I just want your presence. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything, but I, I'm not moving. You said stay the course, and I'm not moving until you move me. Like you, you've got to reveal to me what it is that's on your heart, and uh, I'll, I'll clean toilets, but I want your favor. I want your presence. Like I, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. But it won't be without you. Yeah. I'm done moving without you, and and uh, there's lots of backstory. But anyway, the short of it is, is. Um, he gave uh, me a, a business idea that my dad had brought to me months earlier, but uh, had felt like death at the time. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm walking down the aisle, and I have this business thought for a company, a partnership with my dad's company. I get really excited. I call him. He says, I don't know. I, said, I don't know about that. Maybe. And then I called my wife. She's like, I don't know. I said, I really feel God. She's like, well, okay. So I said, God, if this is you, bless it. Went home. Uh, the next morning, I woke up to a phone call. A guy's coming from the coast, and he uh, he said, "I got eight thousand bucks in my pocket if you got the car." And I went, "Okay, God, we're in." So I took that eight thousand. Mm. I took four of it, 
put all the fires out. The other four I invested with a friend uh, into this business idea. Uh, we uh, paid our salaries that first month. It doubled every month for six months, and we did about half a million in sales that first year. Wow! And uh, so it was, it was one of those things, and I was thrilled to do it. And it was yeah. in an area that had scared me and would have would have seemed like failure in the past. But um, so that was a pretty sweet, very sure. hard season that we followed, got into. You know, uh, can I say this? Um, because I think this is the teaching moment, right? Sure, bring it. Teach us. <laughs> the, Psalm 23. This is this is what I love about Psalm 23. And this is what I'm learning. Uh, Psalm 23, is da- everybody knows this one. This is pretty familiar. This is David's psalm. And he says, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He calms my soul. He guides my paths and righteousness for his namesake, right? Mm-hmm. So it starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. So it makes it very foundational. He is who I follow. And it says, he does this, he's good. He does this, he's good. I'm following him, right? That's what it's doing. Then the language shifts. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, right? It's that he leads, he guides, right? And then it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And then it shifts again. So it's mm-hmm. shifting three times. It says, he does this. I'm following him, he's good. And then it says, I'm in a valley. And, and it's, it's a dark place. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For, and then it shifts again to your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm. And he goes on to say, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I'll do in the house of the Lord forever. And he begins to paint a picture of what he believes about God. And what I love about this psalm, and this is what I've learned in my life, is simply this. What David's saying is, I follow him. It's not, no shadow of doubt. He's who I follow, and he's good. Yeah. And while I'm following him, I find myself in a valley, and I give him no credit for the valley. And so now in the valley, I have access to more than enough. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. It's more than enough in the valley. Not only that, but I have access to intimacy in the valley. Yeah. It goes from the I to you. So he's gone from declarative to you. Now we're talking intimate language where he says, you prepare a table for me. You are my, you are my um, staff. You, you, you guide and comfort me. And surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. So what he's saying is, what I love about this is that, is that David's saying, look, he's good, he's good, I follow him, he's good, I follow him, he's good, I follow him, I'm in a valley. Even though I was following him, I give him no credit for the valley, and because of that, I have access to intimacy with him in the valley because he only has goodness and love for me all the days of my life. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. man! Teachable moment for sure. <laughs> yeah, I got chills over here. That is good. good. I'm glad we're recording this so I can go back and just listen to it over and exactly. over. Exactly. You know, I, I feel like a lot of creatives probably come up against that tension between desiring the revelation for the idea to run with it creatively. I know I do. Yeah. And desiring intimacy and his presence. And there is tension there. And I just want to insert too, that by creatives, we mean anyone who is living out of who they are called to be. That's Yeah. Not just someone who's making you know, quote unquote art. That's right. That's but it is right. anyone living out their passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Jess spends a lot of time at collective workshops helping people understand that we are all creative. That's exactly and right. We are made by a creative God and we are creative beings called to create. Yeah. And we create our lives. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, he's a creator and he mm-hmm. just, and he, the first thing he did was make us and he made us in his image and yeah. in his likeness. Yeah. And I love there's a thing we do where we uh, sometimes when I, I love doing this with the kids, we'll have them all close their eyes mm-hmm. and then I'll say, imagine an elephant, right? And everybody will imagine an elephant. And then I'll say, it's pink. Can you picture it? And then I, it has wings. Now it's flying. You know, and you just poke it off. You start making it more and more wild. Of course, at the end, everybody can 
can imagine it. And I'm like, how can you imagine something you've never seen? Because every one of us is created in the image and likeness of our creator. And so wow. he's given us the ability to envision something, yeah. to create something yeah. uh, that uh, maybe we've never even seen before. Maybe it doesn't even exist, right? That's incredible. That's pretty cool. I love it. sponsors is me with Spreza Foundry. Um, I started this hand lettering business about two years ago and I bring you whimsical hand lettered inspirational sayings, cards, prints, wood signs, you name it, I will do it. Uh, go to my Etsy shop at sprezafoundry.etsy.com. That's Spreza, S-P-R-E-Z-Z-A, Foundry. And also on Instagram at Spreza Foundry. Use promo code podcast for 10% off your order. Uh, you can direct message me for any custom jobs that you're interested in. And I would love to specify your house, bring a little nonchalant elegance from my home to yours. One of my uh, favorite topics to hear you speak on is, is honor. And it has impacted me so deeply that, that honor has become a major topic at collected workshops. And yeah. we talk Ooh. about offense, um, that the remedy to offense is yeah. honor. Yeah. And so when we find ourselves offended, yeah. we turn on honor. Yeah. And so I would love for you to talk about your revelation yeah. around honor and where that came from and, and yeah, what that yeah, means yeah. to you. Yeah. Honor is the language of family. And that's basically, I know you mentioned you heard a, a, a message that I gave on honor. The reason that I think honor is so important is that it is the language of family because honor is actually how our father sees us. Mm-hmm. And he sees us in Christ. And so honor actually will release somebody into their identity. And so when we, when we walk, the thing I love about honor and the thing that I think the church has probably messed up occasionally is that uh, we've, we've often equated honor and trust as the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they're not the same thing. Trust is earned. Honor can be given away freely. Honor is basically the ability to say, I see you regardless of whether we agree or not. I see you, uh, who you've been created to be, who you're designed to be. I see you, the original DNA that God gave you. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I can value that and I can call the gold out of you. Yeah. And I can call you, whether you're saved or not, I can speak to you. As, as in Christ because he died and when he rose, everyone rose with him, but it's a matter of repentance and saying yes to him. So, so honor is, to me, it's, it's, it, you can't have family without honor mm-hmm. because honor is, that, is the, if you will, the Rosetta Stone of, of the language of God mm-hmm. that will empower sons and daughters to live uh, who they really are. And so trust, while trust is earned, honor is something that can be given away. And actually honor creates a safe place for trust to be developed and again, you can't have intimacy without trust. So for me, honor is really profoundly important and something the church has sometimes not always gotten right. Well, what I love is that you have, you've spoken that into our local church body. Um, and I identified before I was aware necessarily of um, the term culture of honor. Does everybody hear that beautiful coffee pouring? <laughs> so, so good. good. It smells good too. I just, it has to be drank. It's, yeah, absolutely. Um, I noticed within our community yeah. a culture of honor without yeah. knowing that that was a thing. Yeah. Danny Silk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love Danny. And um, I took that to our pastor and I said, hey, I've noticed this around this place. 
And he's like, oh, you got to listen to Danny Silk. Yeah. But um, I sensed that that people were calling out the good, calling out what they saw in me. And that was new to me. That's so cool. I've been in the church for 16 years yeah. now as an adult. Yeah. And um, that was that was a new experience for me. Well, and that's identity. Because if you're talking about identity, you know, honor is going to call forth your true identity. Right. And often the church is caught up in behavior. And of course that's, and then you get caught up in, you know, I mean, suddenly we're walking in, in dishonor, to be quite frank, because, and you've heard me talk about this before, when Jesus came, he didn't come to fix our behavior, he came to give us access to our true identity. He actually re- removed the veil between us and God so we could see our Father, have absolutely a good understanding, wholesome understanding of who we were, and then live out of our identity. And, you know, so often we're caught up with behavior modification, and, you know, as a parent, uh, me as a parent, I'm, I'm, I tell the story all the time, I'm not, or I, I won't tell the story, but I do all the time say I'm, I'm less I'm less interested in my kids learning how to behave and more interested in my kids knowing who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because but behavior follows identity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And honor is that thing that calls that calls them into their identity. It says, hey, it's like if my daughter gets caught lying, and that's the story I've often told. My two-year-old gets caught, caught, caught lying. Um, my responsibility as a, as a good parent is to actually say, honey, who are you? You're actually an honest person. Yeah. Uh, Jesus redeemed that that aspect of your nature. He sees you that way. Your heavenly Father sees you in Christ as an honest person. You're a truth teller. In fact, you are a righteous truth teller. And if if I can speak that over you, then the behavior that was maybe the lie, that's going to come behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, often, and that's again, I think that's what honor does. Honor says, "Hey, I see what you really are. Who you really are. The creative that you are, or the yeah. you know uh, the, the, that that part." Of that part of you that is made in his image and likeness, and I'm calling that out of you. That's and so the good. fun thing about that is you can do that with an unbeliever. Right. Because it's true. Yeah. They're made in his image and likeness. And instead of trying to get them to make a to say some words or make some decision, instead you get to re- release to them the revelation of, of who the Father is by telling them who they are. It's mm-hmm. so powerful. And uh, suddenly it makes the gospel the good news. Yeah. Right? That's amazing. Yeah. So we, when we talk about what you're saying, the, the unique design, the, the DNA of who we are, the beautiful masterpiece that God created that is each of us as individuals, that is, it, it, you know, in collective workshops for practical purposes, for being able, for semantics purposes, we define that as the soul. Yeah. The unique you, the Love truest it. self, as God created you, unaffected by the world. Love it. Is you. That's your soul. Yeah. And so... We also believe that as unique individuals, we have a way that we were designed to express the love of Christ on this earth, and that is our purpose. And yeah. so how do you feel like your soul was crafted to express Christ's love on this earth, which we would call your purpose? Yeah, me personally. You personally, Jason. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that um, takes the... Uh, I'm not good at this question, so here, here's my best shot. I'm one of those people that, that takes those personality tests, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't know what I am later. Like, I read it, and I'm like, well, that's really fascinating, and then I for- promptly forget, uh, you know, I'm an IMFPQW. <laughs> but do you know what Z. you are on the Enneagram, out of curiosity? Um, well, I've been told 
by my wife what I am. What does she say you are? She thinks I'm a 5-4 or a 4-5, one of those, in the, like the, a mix. All right, we're going to have to come back around and have yeah. you on again when you figure that out. Yeah. yeah. She's actually not allowed to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're well, not supposed to tell people their Enneagram numbers. Exactly. Well, it, it's mostly because I wouldn't, I just haven't taken the test yet. That's all right. And then I yeah. ask her, what am I? Because I did ask, in fairness to her. Yeah. That's good. I said, what, what am I? Just tell me what I am. Just well, so you forget typically anyways. Yeah, well. So, yeah, so maybe it's I'm, not important. I, well, I am. I, I'll, let me say this. I, there's maybe I'll answer another question in, in this, in the sense that I'll say. Um, well, first I'll say this. I'm a creative. That's I'm a communicator and I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. That's that's a part of my DNA. I, I had a band for years, a singer songwriter, and then moved into to more um, writing. Um, I love to communicate. I, I love. Um, getting how, how God speaks through writing and how mm-hmm. he speaks to me first. And then uh, it's so revelatory for me. So your creativity um, is expressed artistically. Yeah, probably okay. artistic. And then, and then in, and my brother is in film. And so I work, I'm working with him in film. And so there's lots, all those kind of artistic expressions, they really intrigue me. And, and, and I love playing in that sandbox, but I also am fascinated by the church. I love the body. I've uh, been on staff at churches and been in pastoral ro- roles. And so it's kind of, I'm a real good analytical artistic split. Like that's what my wife would say. That's so, awesome. And she yeah. really knows better than I do. Well, what advice would you have for others who are trying to discover their purpose? When I was younger and in the book, uh, in, in the book Untamed, which we have on the table here, that was fun. That's the first book I wrote. And Subtitled "A Fool's Guide to Surrendered Faith," which I love. <laughs> which the, uh, the 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 jumping out of an airplane uh, analogy is, I think, in that book. Yes, uh, the faith analogy. But um, when I wrote that, was probably ten years ago, and I and I really was passionately trying to figure out who I was. I think I'm in my forties now. I still don't know. I, but <laughs> I'm getting. You know. You know. The older you get, the less. Anyway. You figure out how much you don't know. Yeah, you figure yeah. out, you, you know everything at 20. And by the time you're 44, you're like, I, I know just don't know anything. Yeah, nothing. Like, I can't remember what I drank or ate this morning for breakfast. But um, uh, in that book, I, I, I said that, um, and I believe this, I believe this is true, that you, you can figure out um, what you're called to by what most excites you and most terrifies you. That's good. Right? So the, the original book title was called Surrendered and Untamed. This is a re-release, and we and we just went with Untamed. And the, so the original uh, revelation for me was to the extent that you're surrendered is to the extent you can live passionately and wildly untamed, right? To the extent that you say yes to him, give him your best yes, and lay your life down to him is to the extent that you can chase down your wildest dreams, right? And those things should probably scare you. Uh, if, if they don't scare you a little bit, they're not big enough, right? Yes. So, so I, I really believe that is a really good first step one of the things I've learned in my older age, and I think this is really important too, and probably a piece that's missing for the younger generation, is that we learn honestly who we truly are by laying down our life for our family. Mm. And so it looks like this, whether it's your, your, your physical family, or maybe you don't have that, maybe you find your church family, or you find your group, you mm-hmm. find your tribe, you find that handful of people, those five, six, 10, 15, or that mission organization, that place that's burning in you, right? And then you really go and you connect there and you give and you become a part of that. One of the ways that we'll learn who we are, one of the ways I've learned who I am, and one of the ways that I've found incredible opportunities is that I have, I've laid my life down for people and then they've come to me and said, hey, we could use help here. And I go, oh, I'm good at that. Only, I only learned that I'm good at that by actually saying I can come in and I can give in this way. 
and I actually discover a little bit of how God's created me. Mm-hmm. And not just that, I've actually opened up a whole plethora of opportunities that maybe wouldn't have been available to me if I didn't have a relationship. Yeah. So it's, yes, what most excites and most scares me might give me a, a picture of something that I'm for, but where I actually find my 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 purpose is in laying my life down and, and serving that group of people that God's given me. And, mm, uh, and then perfect. opportunity comes out of that. So many opportunities. One of the sayings we have in our house is follow your favor. And, uh, and it's opened up incredible opportunities for me and, and, and all kinds of artistic expressions that maybe otherwise, you know, wouldn't have existed if I was alone in it. Well, that's what we're doing right here. We're mm-hmm. literally doing the next thing that God opens the door to. Yes. And so uh, that's how you ended up sitting across from us here, it's, having this beautiful conversation. And it's so, been so good. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. It's so good. I feel like I feel like we could do a whole month of episodes with Jason Clark. Yeah, <laughs> so much good stuff to dive into. So good. So where can people find you on well, the social medias, the websites? What do you got? We have a ministry called A Family Story, mm-hmm. and so it's a familystory.org. Okay. And uh, you can go there, and we release articles. Uh, right now, I'm the only writer, but we're we're fairly new. We're beginning uh, in our formative days uh, ministry. But my heart is uh, right now. It's it's been an itinerant ministry for me. I do a lot of speaking and then a lot of writing, and uh, and so there's articles releasing and mess- messages on there. But uh, in the days ahead, uh, my heart is that. Uh, we'll have more writers, and mm-hmm. we actually have a whole bunch lined up. So. And I get your articles in my inbox. Nice. So you guys should definitely sign up for Jason's email list at A Family yeah, Story. Yeah, that's there, yeah. 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 And, uh, and we'll have links to all the books. Yes. Yeah, my books are there. purchase on the yes, website. For yeah. sure. Check out the podcast page. Yep, and social media. Yeah, uh, you want my, yeah, Jason Clark is, that's my Instagram. Perfect. And, and my Twitter. Excellent. And there's actually a Jason Clark is website. If you just want to go and see some of the music, like some of the more the artistic stuff that I do as far as music and is your my books m- male modeling work posted there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my voice. I'm doing voiceover now. That's exciting. So that's uh, it's a new page. On T- there. Yeah, talk about really so. quickly as we wrap up. Just the like, make a list of the types of work that you're currently working yeah. on. So, uh, so um, yeah, voiceover. Uh, hilariously, I have done a couple of different uh, shoots for, uh, <laughs> which is out of the blue and been funny. I have done some in front of camera stuff for some documentaries, but right now, um, um, writing uh, an, another book, um, and then also my brother and I have uh, written a couple screenplays, mm-hmm. and we're on the cusp of uh, funding one. And uh, I would think even maybe when this drops. We'll have had that funded and, yes. and go make ourselves a movie. That'd Come on, Lord. Yeah. Your dad's loaded, so that's good news. It's all just waiting to be poured it's out really, on it. I it's love a really it. fun journey. That's yeah. great. Thank you so much for coming. This yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Thank you. That was amazing. Um, one thing that I love about Jason Clark is he is a natural storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so as you probably noticed, um, you get drawn in just simply by the way that he speaks. Mm -hmm. Um, The sound of his voice is awesome. Yeah. But more importantly, and I think really a a gift that he has is his voice, what he is speaking into the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, He he brings story, he brings life. And um, I love what, how God is using him um, in this present day to, gather people together 
um, from all over to tell story and to challenge people to tell their story. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's powerful. And um, I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for Jason and um, just his willingness to, to do this interview with us. Um, I love story. And I think um, that's one, one of the many gifts God has given him. So um, that, was, that was amazing. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, we will see you next week on The Collective Podcast. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.